hard to imagine anything worse in the world than Christians sinning against one another. Sort of expect it from people of the world, but when it comes from fellow Christians, the hurt and the trauma of something like that can stay with you for years. So the question becomes, what do you do with that? Do you let it burn you up inside like Saul did, and as Todd mentioned, and let it turn into bitterness and anger and resentment and hatred? Or do you let it go and give it over to the judge of all the earth who always does right? And I think Todd has given us a masterful lesson in exactly the right answer to that question. And so we appreciate him very much and his sermon. We're gonna open now for some questions from any of the brothers of the church. So just raise your hand and we'll get you the microphone, stand and speak clearly, and uh, we'll allow Todd a time to respond. We'll start with Roger Boone. I appreciated that you put in uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, but I thought maybe you might uh, answer or ask, in what ways does God become the role model for our forgiveness of our fellow human beings? And then after that, I, I thought it might be interesting if you just read Luke 17, 3 and 4, and Matthew 18 and 15, and I'll give them to you again if you want, and, uh, and just make any comments you want. You know, probably on this, I'll, I just, Roger, I think that it's through the person of Christ that we really see the demonstration of God's forgiveness, how he has forgiven us. That, that model that we see is best demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know that we can add to that. I don't know if that really answers your question based on Ephesians 4, for Christ's sake, you know, he forgiven us. But um, that's, 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 that's the way I would answer that. And then I, I, can't, I can't really recall all the passages that you mentioned there. Luke 17, 3 and 4. You want to you read it for us? No. Okay. okay. All right. Take it to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if, and if he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day re returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Yeah, so in this passage, Jesus is giving us you know, he's, he's telling us here that we are, I believe, there is no, it's sort of like, in, it's similar to what's in Matthew 18, where, you know, we, we don't have a, there's not a, a time where we say, I know it says that it's, it's talking about if, if, he rebu if he comes to you and he asks for forgiveness, and that may be the, the, the corner of your question, but I believe that the other passages that I laid out speaks to the fact that what we're doing is, is we're not trying to establish a situation where we're saying, you're forgiven of these sins, but we're not, we're not holding on to that, as in, as in we're not holding on this to offer our, as the example that I gave where if I've got a hot burning coal, you've hurt me with this sin, and so I'm going to hang on to this until I, I, I can put this back into your hand. This is a situation where I'm just going to let it go. I mean, there's an opportunity, as has been mentioned in the previous conversation, in the previous lesson, that we want to make something right in the terms of the sin. But in terms of forgiveness, 
Um, if I don't, if I'm not willing to forgive under any circumstances, then based on these other passages of Scripture, like James two thirteen and and Matthew six and others, then that's a condition on which which God will forgive me. My lack of forgiving others then incriminates me uh, to God, and so um, I think there's a difference here with regard to. Uh, setting the situation right, where maybe there's reconciliation in, in the case or, or that, that there's a way to correct. Because if somebody never comes back to me after they sin against me to ask and ask to, to repent, then they, there's no correction that can be made in that process. And so that's, that's needed. Clearly that's needed. There's still, that individual has done wrong. But in terms of me holding on to it, as opposed to just letting it go, uh, I believe is what the Bible teaches that we should do. Thank you very much. I thought that was masterful, and I agree with everything that you presented myself. I think sometimes people fail to see the distinction you made between forgiveness and reconciliation. And I would think probably in that text from Luke, reconciliation is in view something fuller than just the letting go of bitterness and wrath and emulation and vindictiveness that, that you've been talking about tonight. I hope that that distinction can be seen by people because when people get hung up on that, they miss, I think, a beautiful lesson from what you've shared. You have helped me in my life on multiple occasions in regard to this very matter. And I won't go into all of that. I was just thinking a lot about those things in my mind. But one thing that you helped me to do in a conversation we had uh, some months ago was to view being wronged and uh, being given the, in, the instruction from God to forgive people as an opportunity to learn to trust God. And I have struggled with a lot of things in my life. I've committed a lot of sins. I have failed God in so many ways. But I think if I have any self-awareness that what I've struggled with more than anything else is trusting God. And I wonder if God hasn't taught me some lessons through other ways. We've talked about that. But can you talk a little bit more about how forgiveness can become a tool to help teach us how to trust God more. It places the authority in His hands. It says, when we don't trust God and, and really don't just turn it over to God, you know, then we say, I'm going to do it. I mean, I, you know, Cassandra and I have four kids, <laughs> and, and I was a kid. I guess I still am. But, you know, children, they, they don't want to turn loose of the control sometimes. And when they don't, oftentimes it leads to their demise, their own problems. And then they have to learn, well, it's because you didn't turn it over to your mom or dad. And I know that's a very simple thought, but it's so true when it comes to serving God, is that we want to take matters into our own hands, and we want to deal with those situations by ourselves. And therefore, 
when we don't forgive, we're essentially taking that away from God. And we're saying, okay, I'm in charge now because they've hurt me and I'm not going to let them get by with this. That's what we're saying. That's why I quoted Romans 12 and 19, you know, vengeance is mine. This is all, it's all part of that same spirit of unforgiveness. And again, you know, to Roger's point, I mean, he's making a point about, and we, we want to make sure that we're clear that, there were, that, that it's right. I mean, you don't want to just, and we mentioned this in the last, the last segment, I mean, there, if there's sin involved, it still needs to be dealt with. That, but that wasn't really my topic, you know. You still got to deal with the, the sin, and you're still concerned. And you may not be the one that's been, that's been hurt, been offended. You may not be the one to necessarily necessarily be involved entirely with, with the help with that. You may, or you may need, may need some help at some point. But, but when, it comes to, when it comes to forgiveness, to truly understand that we have been forgiven and the level in which we have been forgiven is to then understand our, our confidence in God's role in our life. And that in His time, we can grow from it in these situations, we can learn from it, we can become a better person. We don't, that's, what, that's what walking by faith is. It's not knowing for certain, but trusting God. And so, I don't know, Clint, if that's helpful, but is that answered? Just as you explained, Todd, the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation or forgiveness and trust, to go along with this discussion, you'd probably agree, I imagine, that there's a difference between personal forgiveness and an action that might require church discipline, where a congregation has to step in and hold someone accountable for unrepentant sin. And so if we are in a situation where someone needs to be reprimanded by the congregation, elders need to be involved to discipline someone who's unruly, that doesn't mean that I can't step back from all that if I'm the victim in the situation and say, I'm going to give it over to my brethren to handle for me, my elders to handle for me if there's a discipline issue. And ultimately, as you said, to give it over to God and to allow God to be the one to work through the situation. You think that's right? Well, I, I, I tried to establish at the very beginning, I looked at this, I wanted it to, with these six questions, and they were, they were really good questions, <clears throat> but I wanted to be able to put them in a, in a way to where you got, a, you, you got a portrait, you got a central theme picture. And so to, really to answer your question, I would just say this, is that at the beginning of my remarks, I tried to make very clear that we're not talking about forgiving sins, because that's, 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 that, that issue is a separate issue. That person's still going to have to make those things right, and it may involve the local church, and it may involve all the things that was mentioned a while ago about Matthew 18, about going to him and him alone, all that, yes. But this is about when you looked at those questions. I sit back and I try to just sit there and think about those questions when I first got them. And this is about a person, what I envisioned was as a person, brother, sister in Christ, and they've been hurt. I don't know, maybe it's through a marriage, maybe it's through somebody in the church, maybe it was one of their children, grown child or something, I, I, all kinds of relationships. But they've been sinned against. What, sinned against. What do they do in that situation? And this is, this is what came out of it, out of the study. I, I really tried to be as objective as I possibly could. Just look at what the scriptures say. So I, don't, I really don't want to, anybody to misunderstand. When there's sin, I mean, it's got to be dealt with. But, we, but we've got to move on as the one that's received the harm. And, and by holding on to that, 
It just serves no purpose but to destroy you eventually. And, um, and, and we can't grow. We can't grow spiritually. So, Todd, I thought you presented a good message tonight. Um, maybe this is a semantical thing. I'm not sure. But I think in the scriptures, forgiveness, well, you, you hinted at this in your very first point. Forgiveness is always conditioned on repentance in the word of God. And I agree with everything you said after that about I think it's wrong to hold a grudge. I think you've got to let these things go and so on. Be I think you have to have a forgiving spirit. But I notice, and maybe you have a comment about this, in Mark 2, 5, Jesus said to the paralytic, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Mm -hmm. And I quoted it from Luke 5, but yes, right, it's the right, same, well, same parallel. But in Luke 23, he didn't say that on the cross. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. He had the power to forgive sins, but he didn't forgive those people because they hadn't repented. Now, I believe God answered his prayer, as you said, and as you do. Mm -hmm. 53 days later, when Peter preached, those who repented were forgiven. I think, we, I think all that you said is very important, and we need to be of that mind, being willing to forgive. That's what Jesus was doing on the cross. He was expressing his willingness to forgive those people. And, but I really think that forgiveness is actually conditioned on repentance. Our frame of mind, holding a grudge, hating, uh, becoming bitter, all of those things, that's all clearly, what you said about all that, it's wonderful, and it's right. I just think there's a slight difference between, uh, I, I just don't know if you can truly forgive sins, and certainly God doesn't, without repentance. Well, yeah, and <clears throat> so if, if I gave that impression, I, I thought I didn't, but that's, that's not. That, I want to make sure that, that everyone understands that in the case, just like Burton Kaufman said, he was talking about the two centers of, there's a sort of a human side of it and there's a divine side of it. So, for example, Stephen in Acts 7, he, said, he appears up into heaven and he sees Jesus standing on the right hand of the throne of God. And he says, Lord, speaking of the, the Lord Christ, lay not this sin to their charge. And then the Bible says, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. So, again, the, the judgment... Of to forgive sins is in the hands of God. This is what I maintain throughout my talk. But, but, but our attitude from our perspective is not to hold on, to, to, to maintain judgment. See, separating the difference. So I, I, I think you're right. I think it technically is semantics here. We're in agreement because I want, I want people to realize that, that, that there's no way that I was trying to... to uh, uh, insinuate that there's that we're turning in a blind eye to sin or that sin doesn't need to be repented of but merely saying that the attitude that we see in the scriptures and even the commands that we receive from the, the scriptures is that that from our perspective yeah they're still going to have to repent to God to be forgiven of those sins but from our perspective 
we forgive, as in we're not going to hold on to that. You know, some of those Greek terms that we used about to remit as in a burden and so forth. In some cases, it's remitting as in a sin. In some cases, it just means to remit as in the burden. I'm going to give up. I'm not going to just hold on to that. So that's what it means to extend forgiveness. And so if I, if I, if I stated it in any other way than that, forgive me. I knew it could work that in somewhere along the way. I th what I think is that I think that we make it an either-or, and uh, we think if we don't forgive, then we must be holding animosity or grudges and all that stuff. But I don't think that's the only way that God dealt with people. In uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 25, he talked about, uh, not, not 8, Romans 3, verse 25, he said, God set forth as a propitiation, Jesus, by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance. God deals with people with forbearance as well, and we're commanded to deal with people with forbearance. And as I understand forbearance, that means we don't give them the punishment that's due them. Instead, we forbear, we withhold. And so it's not an either or. Uh, there is another way that sometimes we deal with people who hurt us. We forbear. We just back off and we forbear. And we don't, you know, we might feel they're do this and that, but we don't do that. We don't act that way. So forbearance is different than for forgiveness, uh, but we need to deal with people sometimes with forbearance as well. Forgiveness is very important. And, and as I stand here, I'm not saying anything negative about, you know, so like you said, you know, we have to, but forbearance is another way that we deal with people who hurt us sometimes. We just back off and we don't, respond uh, in a negative way. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, a variety of ways to describe the spirit and character that we should display. I think you're right. I think that's right. Closing remarks? I, I, I want to say that I truly appreciate this opportunity, but I, I, I sincerely mean this. I appreciate the study. Um, this, of this particular topic and hope that this won't be the last one in the near future that we'll have continued uh, studies with regard to forgiveness and what it really means to forgive and also upon the idea of judgment and mercy and kind of get into the the meatiness of that as well but I also want to again thank everyone that's here tonight and particularly to the congregation here at Rice Road. <laughs>